Here we are again. Part two. If you weren't here for part one, I don't know what to say. I catch the replay. Thank you, Sarah. Have any of y'all met Sarah? If you haven't, meet her. Your life will be changed. I'm telling you what. Man, this has been good. Um, on the serious side, um, Chris um, started a message that he is sharing, and it was, it was all right. No, I'm kidding. It was really good. <laughs> it's kind of his life story, hence our life story. Um, I think it was more his life story, maybe. Anyways, uh, but if you missed it, I believe it's on YouTube or one of those outlets. And if you want to know, Sarah knows everything going on. So please see that amazing Sarah and she will let you know. Well, we had an awesome Friday night. We did a worship night. Man, we, I just feel like we're growing up. Like, guys, let's just I'll pat ourselves on the back right here. It was a good time. It was just an intimate time um, of just worshiping and just yeah, just worshiping. I think if anything right now, we're really just trying to step into our voice and what we carry and worshiping our Father. Um, man, the praise and worship here is awesome. These guys put a lot of time and effort, and we love it. Yes. Yes. But we really want to step into a time of worship where with our own voice, with our own words, our own love words to the Lord, that we usher in this encounter. And uh, I don't want this to sound weird, but not rely on them. I, I think I want for them to rely on us, <laughs> to set the atmosphere for that worship. And I think that's what we're doing. So um, we're going to morph this in this worship night that we're going to continue to have more often. We're going to morph it into a time of prayer. Um, a time of calling the things that are not as though they are, a time of speaking into our lives, into our destiny as individuals, but also as a church. So um, I don't remember if we set the next one up. Again, Sarah knows everything. But when we do, or if we have, please be here to do that. So I was just about to call Chris up, but he is now on the computer, so... Um, switch. Anyways, um, if you don't mind, Chris loves a good drum roll. Oh my God. Let's give Chris a drum roll, please. <laughs> and for you visitors, I just like to make him uncomfortable. He doesn't really like a drum roll. I'm just explaining for him. It just makes him uncomfortable. <laughs> what a shallow preacher he is. <laughs> just kidding. Here he is. Uh, I love her. <laughs> How do you start with that? They teach you how in seminary, and I don't think they cover that. Anyway, um, man, uh, oh, hold on. Almost, almost. There's a lot uh, to figure out and do. We do have a lot of changes that we've been implementing, and man, Lydia's been uh, pretty cool at, at at taking on and switching some things up. Um, you know, we do have we love our. Uh, you know, we've come out of 
church religion. I don't think Jesus came to uh, build the church, but he came to release the kingdom. And uh, you can read that actually in the scripture. And so um, we're going after the kingdom, and the kingdom works everywhere and for everybody. If it, if it doesn't work, if it works here, but it doesn't work in the back desert of Iraq, then it's not kingdom. Uh, because uh, God is everywhere and everything, right? Uh, and part of that is, for the longest time in our, in our church upbringing, for Raquel and I, you know, the, the kids are always kind of, you know what I mean? Push them out the door uh, and uh, get them back there where they belong. And we don't believe that. We love to have them worship with us. Uh, and and that's, a, that's a parenting decision, uh, right? But we have uh, created a space in the back for those up to seven uh, in the living room back there. Um, uh, you know, nursery is nursery, and they have that going on. But if your child is up to seven and you want to put them into the children's worship, uh, then that's, what, that's what's going on back there every Sunday morning. It's really cool. It's amazing. So we kind of, you know, church is about the community and how the community interacts with the Father and what he wants to do. And uh, so we feel we have to open up all avenues for all types of people, right? Because we are uh, all different types of people. Amen? Is that true? Yeah? So keep that in mind. If, um, you know, you want to have your kids back with the worship, that's, that's what that's for. So, uh, but yeah, uh, so Sarah, is it? Okay. Is this our, this is our second Sunday? Okay, so there's a little bit of change, but, um, you know, we have two weeks of, of where they're learning about kingdom back there, and then we have a Sunday where it's world changer Sunday where they learn about being a world changer, right? Because you know you're not, I, I, I'm a good old country boy, me and Kevin are, and I love the old sayings sometimes, but I'm not finding out I can't say them all the time. So here's a perfect example. You don't want to be a bump on a log, right? You know you're not supposed to be that. You're not just here to take space and air. You're on this earth to make a change in people in one form or another. That doesn't mean everybody, you know, stands up uh, in the middle of the Astrodome. Few people caught it. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, and so the, they're learning about being world changers, and then they're also, they get a fellowship Sunday where it's uh, one of the four uh, points of um, what Peter laid out that the church would look like. And they get to fellowship on a Sunday. So I guess they're ready. All you kiddos ready? Can you wave your hand at me? Matt, you don't count. All right. Well, have at it. You are dismissed. Um, for the rest of us, uh, we'll get started here in a second. But uh, ma'am? Oh. Um. So here, here at CORE, um, you know, when it, I, I just want to, uh, I've, I've been trying to cover some of our basis um, about us every week. And, and, and some of you, if you're, if you're long-time uh, sold-out, homegrown folks, then you've already heard some of this. But, um, you know, um, when it comes to worshiping, um, you know, this is singing these songs back back to the Father is is our way of doing it, right? And in that, we try to mix and incorporate and try different things and change up things. Um, and uh, that's why you'll see some people just sitting in the chair, just chillaxing and soaking up the atmosphere. Some people will uh, 
Am I too old to say that? Thank you. Um, so some people will just sit back. Some people, man, we have people that sit against a wall. Some people, they flag, they dance, they lay down up here. And some people scream their guts out. And, and some people are actually in here painting while worship is going on. And it's, it's beautiful to see how God moves in his people. For so long in the religiosity uh, that we were in, we were taught that those things were, are you, what, that's wrong. It's disrespectful to the Lord and all this kind of stuff. And, man, none of that is actually true. It, it's really not. And that's a whole other thing that I'd love to sit down and, if you need to talk, uh, you can, I like steak. Um, but uh, anyway, that brings me to this point, too, about um, the, the giving, right? It, it, it takes money to keep the air conditioning on, to keep the bills paid. Um, we don't have salaries here at CORE. Uh, Raquel and I are full on. Uh, man, we are sowing. And another word for sowing is investing. And we are investing and sowing into what you guys and ladies are becoming as CORE. And so we really encourage you to, uh, man, just, there's the, there's the um, Old Testament ideology of uh, tithing and offering, and uh, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's just we're not under the law anymore, and in the New Covenant, it's all about sowing and reaping. Uh, and so we're, we're looking, you know, man, partner with what CORE is doing. If this is your home, home house here, um, man... Give, ask what the Father wants you to give. That's, that's what dialoguing with him is all about, is finding out, right, what his uh, heart for you is. And, man, if you would partner with us to keep the AC on, that'd be great so that we don't have to get some fans and all that. But uh, it does take money to keep the bills paid and the air condition running. Amen? Uh, so, um, yeah, partner with us if you would. But um, We started last week. This, um, this message that I've been sitting on um, for, since 2017, and um, I am going to recap just a few things. Um, and by the way, visitors, man, welcome. Thank you all for spending your Sunday morning with us. Um, be sure you all get a handshake, man. There's some cool names back there, yeah? Um, but uh, I want to I ask you if you want to turn and follow along. We're going to be in Isaiah 61. Um, I'm going to read this as a, um, as a foundation for the next few weeks as we continue to go in um, and press into this message. I'm, I'm, I'm talking uh, and continuing about freedom. Um, I also, I have a list of some definitions. I'm going to actually read those again. Uh, I will send these out to you if you want them. I need to, I need to put them on the WhatsApp um, and uh, that way y'all can have them. And if you, if you want them, just let me know, and I'll get them to you. Let me know after service. Um, I'm going to read Isaiah 61 and these definitions uh, every week as a foundation uh, because I believe that this is, um, in my opinion, the most critical aspect of our life that we live and breathe in this time on this earth, I believe this is the most critical thing that you and I need to know as sons and daughters of the King. Does that make sense? So, Father, I just thank you. I ask you to just, just man, just bless us this morning with understanding and wisdom that our ears and our eyes, 
and that our knowledge this morning would open up to what you, Holy Spirit, want to speak and reveal to us in the name of Jesus. So Isaiah 61, I'm not going to read all of it, uh, but starting in verse 1, he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. Verse 2 says, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and the mantle of praise instead of of a spirit of fainting, so they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Then he goes in verse 4 and on talking about those people that he just described, the, the, the ones that are free, they will do the rebuilding, um, and on and on. So definitions, freedom is the quality or the state of being free. It is the absence of coercion or constraint in choice or actions. So if nothing holds you back from making a decision, you're free, right? Some of us call that rude. But, you know, those folks that'll just say whatever, yeah, then they blame it on Asperger's. Just kidding. Uh Another part of freedom is not being determined by anything beyond its own nature and that there's nothing controlling or forcing you. That's what freedom is, right? A captive is someone or something uh, taken or held, enslaved, or dominated in any form. A prisoner is someone or something that is confined or deprived of liberty or restrained. A captive is someone that they're, they're, they're caught without a choice, right? A prisoner is someone that's locked up. Again, not by choice. To believe, I love this. I, these last two I love more than anything, I think. Uh, what does it mean to believe something, right? Uh, to have confidence or assurance in the truth, the existence of, or the reliability of something even without proof. You ever believe something and you didn't have no proof and then you found out you were wrong? Right? Like the Astros are the greatest baseball team ever? Except they lose. No, I'm just saying. I'm talking about the record, Sarah. Don't argue with me. No, just kidding. Right? But you ever, you know what I'm talking about? You believe something and you know, man, this is the truth. And then you find out that it's not. And why is that? It's because we will believe things for some reason and we don't have to have proof, right? The last definition that I absolutely love, and this is part of what changed my life, is truth is that which agrees with final reality. Whatever the real truth is, is that whatever agrees with final reality. And what's our reality? 
That's what we're pushing after when we go after freedom in this message. Last week I covered about how um, we were created with a purpose and for a purpose. And let me get my drawing over here. Hope nobody put any. Okay. You never know in this place, man. <laughs> never know. Somebody might put <laughs> something on there. Is that good, Kevin? All right. Uh, so y'all can absolutely come up here and look at this, take pictures, whatever you want. Um, I'm not a, a Zoe-level artist, so stick figures and all that. And yeah. So I'm going to explain this again. Up here at the top, we have uh, eternity. The blue line represents eternity, right? Here's the earth. Uh, and the Bible tells us, I covered all this last week about your purpose. I can give you the scripture and we can go over it. Steak. Um, you were created with a purpose and for an exact uh, purpose in this life. And that happened before he ever said, let there be light. You were created before the world was created. He had you written out in the big plan of his desire. He knew exactly how you were going to be and who you were going to be, all your strengths, you know, what you look like, all that. He knew all that. He knew exactly what it was going to be. And then he said, let there be light, creates the earth, all the animals, all the fish, all the stuff, all the things, right? And creates... Adam, that's not enough. He has to create Eve, right? And on they go, living their life. The thing about purpose is, so you and I, even though we were not physically born here yet, we were still created. The Bible tells us, the scripture says, before the foundations of the world, right? That's when you and I were created, and everything that he created on the very last day, on day six, he stands back and he says, all the other days he said, oh, man, that's good. Oh, man, that's good. Day three, oh, that's good. Day four, that's good. Day five, that's good. Day six, that's good. But day six, he goes a little farther. He sits back and he looks and he says, it's very good. That is what God himself thought of his own creation. It wasn't just good. It was very good. Does that make sense? And you and I were included in that creation. We were very good because we were his, right? And so our purpose, uh, we were created in his very image. Adam and Eve are actually um, the only people ever created uh, to not know um, any different. So what happens is they have their encounter with Lucifer, right? And we, a lot of us call it the fall or the sin, however you want to word it. This is where they had a conversation, and Adam and Eve, they shifted their belief. And they moved into something that was not their purpose. They moved into something that was not the intent for them. And in doing that, church culture will teach us that, oh, they disobeyed and it's all this, it's this horrible, ugly thing. And it is because what happened is, actually, Adam and Eve, uh, God cursed the ground. Go back and read the scripture. He didn't curse Adam and Eve. He cursed the ground, right? He cursed 
the serpent. We get that mixed up because church culture likes to live, have us living in a... Uh, never mind, I better not say that. Sorry. <laughs> I threw myself for a loop with that. Church culture has us living under chains. They want you to, it wants you to think that God is sitting up here with lightning bolts ready to throw them at you like a spear of judgment, right? And that's not true. It's not true, and the Scripture says that. And so at this point, what happens is Adam and Eve, they shift their, their they believe the lie that is told to them, and what the Bible tells us is at that moment, they lost their, their authority. They, lost, they, they handed over authority to him. And, of course, there is this rift. There's this, there's this space now between them. And this is where the, at that time, it's a kingdom of darkness because he is the ruler, right? Uh, but now he is dethroned and has, we have all authority and all power over the power of the enemy. Is that true? And so that's why now it's a system of darkness. He's not a king. We're not giving him that place. And that's, that just continues on. And so what happens is you and I, we're, we're born with a purpose, right? Sorry, getting ahead. At this moment here, when that happens with Adam and Eve, this is their fall from authority, and life now is broken. And there's a, that's what the broken line is for. And then God has this plan to get back his people into that place aren't you glad and so his son comes along and the cross happens and at that moment this is where we're going to go to today we're going to we're going to jump into a little bit deeper of our purpose um bless you also when you read about how you were created there was a plan for you for good works right uh, does that mean walking little old ladies across the street or washing their car for them? It does. But there's a difference here because when he says this, uh, that word that is, that is right there that you were created for good works, in the, in the Greek, that word is ergon. And it talks about, it means uh, specifically about business, employment, or that which one undertakes. In other words, you are meant to do good with whatever you undertake. You were created with power and strength to do that. Now, not forcing something, right? I'm not a ballet dancer. I may, watch, I may love watching my, my kids and my grandkids ballet, but I don't have that strength. No pirouettes for me or all that stuff, Right? But my strengths and the things that I'm designed to do, they naturally come out of me. Amen? It makes sense? Um, yeah. So what I want to get into today in this talk about freedom is what happens at this moment. We're going to break down the detail of what happens at the reconciliation of mankind and what that means for you specifically because see Adam and Eve are the only ones that got to experience life without the issues right does that make sense 
It was truly a paradise and a beautiful thing. And the issue is, is that none of you and I are born into that. All of us have to deal, if you're in this, if, how many of y'all born in Houston? Around Houston, right? You get to deal with humidity. No choice, right? It's what it is. But what happens here is super critical because after the fall, after the fall from authority, every single person in humanity needed a way to get back to their true identity. And in a nutshell, what happens is after you come to Christ, your life now is solid with a foundation that is back connected to the Father. And these circles here, these are moments in your life where you are faced with a growth opportunity from the Father. Because the moment you're born again, I'm going to show you this, the moment that you recognize what Jesus did, you're who you are is instantly back connected with your, with your created identity. I'm going to show you that. The problem is your nature is there, but your capacity to understand it is not. And that's where a lot of us end up. We're, we're born into prisons. We're born into chains. Our environments raise us and create us in ways that God never intended. I told you last week, my grandparents, um, on my mom's side, how, you know, my grandfather drank a case of Lone Star every day, and I had my first drink when I was four years old. Yeah, that was stupid. Sorry. So anyway, um, things like that, right? You don't have a choice when you're born, who you're born to, you're, you don't have a decision about the way you're raised or the environment you're brought up in, but you're made with a purpose. And let me say this. This happened right here, this area before the fall, is exactly how you and I were supposed to experience this planet and his being here with us in heaven. You were never meant to know evil by experience. If you're here today or you're listening on YouTube, there's people chimed in right now on the Zoom as well. If you're here today and there's something in your life, something in your past that carries guilt and shame, I'm here to tell you today that, is, that, that, that thought, I'm ashamed. That thought of, man, how could I? Listen, those thoughts are not from God. They are not from God. He says that he, does, he did not come into the world to condemn the world. Is that true? Also, Paul writes it again. There's no condemnation. If you're here today and you have issues or you have problems, you have things that are a lifestyle issue, he never intended you to know evil by experience. Amen? You will hear me say that throughout the next few weeks very, very often because you and I, you and I need to have that ingrained in our understanding and our thinking because we really do serve a good, good father. We don't even serve him. That's, he says we're not servants, we're friends, we're sons, we're daughters. We love a good, good father. Amen? Are you with me? 
Okay, so let's talk about reconciliation. Let's talk about what happens right here and how you and I have full right to be free. You know, um, in this country alone, um, there's a lot of issues about freedom, right? Um, There's two big things that stick out when it comes to talking about freedom, at least in my mind. Uh, One is black folks, right? And the other is women. We talk about that a lot, actually. I'm not afraid to jump in there. So we had the Emancipation Proclamation, right, that freed black folks from slavery, but it didn't reach the whole rest of the country for a couple of years, right? And even after that, there were still so many horrible things that took place. There wasn't true freedom. Is that right? Is that true? And a lot of people say it still today. You know, there's more slavery today around the world than there has been at any other time. That's what statistics say. It's not just America. So (laughs) that's a misconception. The other is women. Women didn't get the right to vote until 1929. It's kind of interesting. Like even Raquel coming up here today, right? There's some very, very famous, there's a whole side of church culture, uh, uh, very famous names, right? Got to, they got a lot of books behind them, and they will say that what we did this morning is heresy, that letting her stand up here and even teach or take the place over a man, and, and really what they do is they take, they take two scriptures, one out of context uh, and also out of the time of what was going on in the culture. They take them completely out of context because I wonder how many of their doctors are women, right? Um, we could go on and on and on, but there's, there's, still a, there's still a slight towards those two issues in America. Does that make sense? And it shouldn't be, right? And the beautiful thing is that when it comes to him, freedom is freedom. There's still those issues to work out and work through. And so let's, let's jump on that. Uh, turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 1. Is everybody okay? Are y'all with me? All right. Beautiful. Man, I love it when y'all are with me, man. It's awesome. John chapter 1. You see, the cross was what reconciled mankind back to God, but also back to purpose. I love this, uh, this thing I heard a few years ago. Um, and I think it was Sean Bowles that said this, and he was talking about um, uh, like stuff like this, like how everyone, everyone has, a, has a purpose, right? Everyone has, God has something for everyone. And he says, man, take, take drug dealers. Do you think that they're not smart or that they're, they're just evil trying to make money? That making money part in that business insight, they're actually created for business, it's just that they haven't stepped into their purpose and identity. They don't know any better yet. Well, they know better, but they don't know the truth. They believe, remember the definition of belief? They believe that these certain things have to happen because it's the only way they can make it. 
What they don't know is that the truth is, no, no, that is holding you back from stepping into what you really were created to do. You weren't meant to make money. Uh, you are meant to make money, sorry. They weren't meant to make money off of hurting people. They were meant to make money and to invest in people and build them up. And it's a shift that they don't see yet because they're not connected to their eternal identity yet. So let's see how that happens because this is, this is so beautiful. In John 1.12, I, I really want to read bigger, bigger chunks of the Scripture. I don't like to just grab one, but for the sake of time, I have to. Um, verse 12 says, But as many as received him, and the actual wording there in the Greek and in the Aramaic, the way Jesus would have spoke it, is actually embrace. To those that embrace him, right? Uh, to, those, uh, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. You have the right, you have the authority, you have uh, every ounce of truth to be able to step in to being the son or the daughter of God. When you embrace him, this is what happens, right? Um, we have to believe and then we become. Uh, flip a couple of chapters down to John chapter 3. Um, Real famous passage. Man, go back and read the whole thing. It's awesome. Uh, but in verse th uh, 3, John chapter 3, this is where we see what Jesus talks about on um, reconciling. Uh, oops, I wanted to read over here. Sorry. One second. John chapter 3. Um. In verse 3, uh, this is where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He says, uh, Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Um, and Nicodemus says, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? Can he? And Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And he goes on, that which is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. There's a whole, so much more to get into with that. But I wanted to read this. Um, I want to read this to you out of the Passion, uh, because of the way the Aramaic is written, is, it's the real language that Jesus would have been speaking. Um, I'm not saying the New American Standard is wrong. Let me cover that real quick. I'm not saying that. Uh, Jesus answered Nicodemus, and said, listen to this eternal truth. He says, before a person can perceive God's kingdom realm, they must first experience a rebirth. He jumps down in verse 5. He says, I speak an eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and of spirit, you will never enter the kingdom realm. For the natural realm can only give birth to things that are natural, but the spiritual realm gives birth to the supernatural life, which is you in this place right here. You're meant for that supernatural life. Amen? We've seen actual creative miracles happen right here, right here where David is sitting for one, or Eric, one of y'all two. And we've seen multiple things happen, right? 
We've, we've seen God answer multiple prayer. And the thing is, is yes, we get excited. Yes, we get, whoa. But the truth is, is that's our normal. That, that is something that we should be experiencing in a normal everyday life. Because that's who our Father is. Amen. Um, so Jesus explains this to Nicodemus. So how do you step into that reconciliation? What happens in this moment? Now let me, let me clear something for my own sake. When I talk about church culture, if you're here and you don't know what I mean by that, it's, it's, it's simply a, um, it's a religious state of mind where a group of people come together as a church and it's that super religious stuff. Man, that's a whole nother. I better not start down that road. Sorry. The reality is, is that there's this moment that happens. And church, as we have known it for all these years, has focused on um, you coming down the aisle and you kneel down at this altar and you cry out to God, repeat after me, and while you're at it, when you're done, would you please sign this card so that I can put you in the books because God put you in his book and we want to know you. Now, I'm being facetious. I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm being facetious because I lived that for 25 years. I lived that way. That the whole point was to get them to see how bad they were, how badly they needed Jesus, because they were going to split hell wide open uh, and that we needed, you need to come to the altar and you need to repeat after me. You better, you know, and on and on and on. And the, again, that's a stake time to sit down and, and go over how that all came about because that is actually not how the first century church, the actual apostles and the early church, that is not how they saw and what they did. And that ideology right there that I just described has only been around a couple of hundred years actually. Um, and the reality is that there's a thing, a word we use in church all the time. We love it. Revelation. Is that, is that Revelation. Is that better? Right? Oh, we love that word. Right? You know that moment when you, you understand something new? I think that Gru said it best in Despicable Me. Lie, Bob. Y'all seen that movie, Despicable Me? Yeah? He sees something, gets an idea, lie, Bob, right? I love it, man. It's so cool. I got grandkids. And it's that, it's that moment that you have that understanding. The moment that you realize what he did for you and who you are, that is the moment that a change happens within you. Does that make sense? Now, I am not against, we, we leave these altars in here as a, as a there's a, it's, I love the way Ryan Pena said, it's a point of contact, right? I have so many, these altars, uh, my brother uh, built these, Kevin built these, and even though they're only, I don't know, seven, eight years old, something like that. Man, I got a lot of tears right here. That's my spot right there. I got a lot of snot in there too. Don't worry, I wiped them down myself this morning. 
okay? These are special to, to me and, and to people. You, you'll see people that will come and sit right here and worship, and it's not, a, it's not a bad thing. Do you know what altars in the Old Testament? There were sacrifices done and all that, but if you go back and read, God didn't set up sacrifices. Man did. Go back and read it. <laughs> Man is the one that set up sacrifices, not God. And altars were a place of remembrance. Every time when they crossed that into uh, uh, the Jordan, he said, hey, build an altar. Went right where uh, Jacob wrestled and became Israel. Oh, build an altar. And on and on and on. And so this is a place of contact. It's a place of remembrance. And so we're not going to move these out of here. We, we love them being here. Another thing that this is not is this is not a requirement. Please hear me. It's not a requirement. The requirement is your understanding and your revelation. Your switch in your mind when you realize that, man, he loves me. Man, he died for me. And here is what happens in that moment. Uh, turn with me to, uh, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let me know when you get there. I think Marco is going to put it on the screen for us too. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Everybody good? You still good? Yeah? All right. Um, I love the way that this, this reads out. <laughs> In verse uh, 13 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, uh, Paul's writing, he says, and there, believe me, man, this is a great one that really you need to go back and read to get the whole context and the flow of what's happening. He says, for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. Uh, for the love of Christ controls us. And actually the word there is like compels. It's not really a controlling like a puppet. That is not how God works. It is literally the word is uh, to compel, like to, to draw, right? And so, uh, da, 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 included that. that if one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all so that, uh, that's Jesus, he died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. So here we have the declaration that, yes, one man, talking about Adam, died and all died after him because we all come from him. But then he died for all so that all could live. You see that? We just read that? Okay. So then in verse 16, he says, Therefore, this is, listen to this. This is, this is something that we missed for 25 years in the church, church culture. Uh, Back to verse 15, I'm going to read right through into 16. He says, and he, that's Jesus, died for all so that they who, who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, Yet now we know him in this way no longer. You see, these are the guys that actually walked with him. He says, even though we saw him and walked with him and we knew him in the flesh, we no longer see him that way. Therefore, 
We no longer recognize people in the flesh. There's two reasons for that. The, the first reason is because <laughs> man, I'm sorry, I just had a thought. He has never seen you beyond this. He's never seen you other than this. Oh, he may see what happens, but that's not his view. He may know the problems, but he sees you this way. I think it's, it's either Colossians or Philippians 1.6 says he's faithful and just to complete the work which he began. That work didn't begin at the cross. That work began here. He's never seen you beyond anything other than this. And he never intended you to know evil by experience because this is how I created you, my son, my daughter. This is how I, I want you to be. This is how I'm longing for you to be. I need you to be this, to fulfill purpose, to fulfill destiny, to fulfill good works. That created identity. That's all he sees. God doesn't see us that way in the flesh. And so when you and I become part of the revelation, understanding the, the family, however you want to word it, we make that happy hop to hallelujah to use our old church sayings, right? <laughs> Remember that one? The other thing that happens is at that moment, the Bible tells us that the old man is dead. Your flesh, that word, is actually dead. That's another steak dinner conversation. So look right here now. In verse 17, here, here's the explanation of what happens. And, and this is so important. This is all leading up for freedom. I will explain it here. So verse 16, Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature the old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, many of you in here have probably heard the teaching on this, uh, that word, uh, new creation. Uh, it actually means the word prototype. It's where we get our word prototype from, okay? And you were created before the foundations of the world like this, right? But when you're born here, you're not born, even though this is who you are at your core, you're not born into that. You're born into this. And when you have this revelation moment, when you come to Christ, there's this instantaneous change that happens within you. You're instantly, instantaneously brought back to this created identity, the recognition of it. You're brought back to the standing of, I am a son, I am a daughter. And at this moment, we also know from other scripture that at this moment, your nature actually changes. No longer are you a sinner. That word doesn't exist for you. Do you mess up sometimes? Yes, you do. We all mess up at times. But that doesn't make you a sinner. You're a son. You're a daughter. And this is who you are. Does this make sense? 
And that's, at, at that moment, this is what happens. When he says old things are passed away, the word passed away right there, it literally, in our language today, would be like voiding a check. I guess we got to come up with a new term, analogy for that, because how many of you in here today actually write checks? I do too, but... You know how on your, how many iPhone users we got in here? All right, Google? Yeah, okay. So on both of them, this is what's cool. See, this is, it's, this is why it's an absolutely true universal understanding, what I'm going to explain about being voided out, old things passing away. You know, you can go to your phone, you can delete a picture, right? You know you can delete a picture, yeah? Okay, <laughs> Do you know that you can go down your list and you can see recently deleted? There's no recently deleted with God. There's no recently deleted app or link with the Father. When you step into that place of, oh my God, He died for me, He loves me, I love you, at that moment, at that very instant, there is this switch that happens in you. Your nature is instantly changed. Your identity is back to where it's supposed to be. You're born again. And at that moment, everything is gone. It does not exist anymore. This isn't even like Thanos things where you can go back and build a Tony Stark time zapper to go back in, in the quantum realm and get the stones and bring them back. That, that doesn't even happen. Like there's no possible way for God to even remember your sin or him to remember what you were. Have you ever heard anybody talking or do you know in your own family where there's certain things that aren't talked about because, whoa, whoa, that's bad? Or have you ever heard the phrase, oh, he's not like that anymore? You know what I'm talking about? See, none of that exists with God. Are, are you catching this this morning? Am I, am I being clear? None of that happens with God. Number one, even in the Old Testament, he laid it out. He cast sin. How far? Anybody know? From the east to the west. Like, what? You might start thinking if you're real beat up, if you're real, you know, a little off, you might really start thinking, well, where do they meet up? <laughs> 70 times 7. And on and on and on. And the fact is, is that none of that matters because the East and the West, they never meet. God doesn't bend his principles. And his principle is that, uh-oh, Kevin's going to laugh at me. Let's see. North is that way, right? Yeah. So East is that way and West is that way. And they never meet up. And that's where your sin has gone. When you... When you step into that moment, you want to know the crazy thing too? I don't know. They might heresy hunt me for this one too. The crazy thing is your sin is not forgiven the moment you say, oh, Jesus, wow, I love you. Forgive my sin. Your sin's not forgiven at that moment. Your sin was forgiven 2,000 years ago when he died on the cross. That's where your sin was forgiven. You just don't know it yet until you step to that moment. And it's at that moment that you step in. That you have that awakening, that realization. And he says, oh, my, my, my. Anybody ever heard that one? 
My, 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 my son has come home. He really is the prodigal that runs down the road to meet you, that throws the robe over you, that puts the ring on you, that says, kill the fatted calf, because my, 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 my son has come home. Does that make sense? There's no recently deleted. He doesn't look back and say, man, man, Mark, I'm so glad you're over here, because, man, bro, you were... He doesn't even know that mark. Like, it's not even in a record that God has. And on and on. It does not exist. You, in this position, is the only thing that exists to the Father. This is you right here. And now, we have this moment. Your nature is changed. Um, he gives a... Let me go down the list. Man, I'm sorry. I'm, I want to do so well at explaining this. I think I'm overthinking it. When the old you is washed away and voided out, you are no longer recognized by the flesh and who you were. You are only known now as the son or the daughter that he gave his life for. You are the prototype, the one and only, the never-before-repeated exact person of who he designed you to be. You have never been seen before or heard before, but now is a placement of your destiny and the truth of who you were meant to be. You see, you may have believed something about yourself, but that was not truth because it's not reality. You may have been, done some bad things and you may have done some stupid things, but that doesn't make you who you are. When you become a son or a daughter of, of God, when you step into that revelation moment, instantly your nature is changed. Heaven knows that this has shifted. The spirit realities, they know that this has shifted. Your mindset is changed. Your belief system is changed. All because this is you. And this was him, and he brought it back. Well, if that's true, pastor, then why do I still struggle with some of this stuff? Man, I'm so glad that you asked that because it's a great question. And next week, <laughs> next week is seriously when I will push into the why. And this is, this is one of the most important things about your freedom is, number one, when this happens, you are absolutely free. You, the shackles are gone. Chains, Mary Mary wrote that song, man. Woo! Only a couple of us, okay. Shackles off. Anyway. Uh, no? No? Um, we have absolute freedom that he bought and paid for. The problem is, is there's still this gap between the physical life that you're born into and the eternal destiny that you were designed for. And that gap is the process of life. It's the process of sanctification. You know, when you read in the scripture that we go from glory to glory, hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about? Right? Victory to victory. The victory is already won. You don't need a victory. You need to understand the victory. Does that make sense? 
the victory is not something we physically fight for. It's something we actually recognize and step into because this is who you are. One thing to mention as well, when, when, when the old things are passed away, uh, this includes the identity of who you thought you were. It includes the mindsets that you had, your old nature. It's all voided out. And this is not just a cleanup, nor are we reformed. We love reformation. We want to see cities reformed. We want to see the, uh, the legal system reformed. We want to see education reformed. We want to see media reformed. But reformation is not what happened to you. You weren't cleaned up. You weren't reformed. You were actually made completely new. You were made back to the original design that he created you. And it's a prototype. It's a one of a kind. It's the first of you and only of you. And it was laid out right in here, sitting and waiting. Sitting and waiting. For me, it was waiting for whatever, nine months before September 6, 1972. And then boom, September 6, 1972. Yes, I'll be 50 years old this year. And then boom, and I'm born in this. Yeah, that's actually a great analogy. So let me, let me kind of circle some things real quick and bring this to a, a stopping point. It's so hard to stop this because so, many of this, so much of this connects to so much other stuff for me to be able to relay to you the full picture, uh, it's very difficult. Um, the, reali the reality is that you're a son and you're a daughter. And when you're born into this life, the examples I've been using is anybody, don't raise your hand on this, but, you know, if you grow up in a, a household where they call you stupid all the time. What are you, stupid? Why did you do that? That was stupid. Oh, that's stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. You begin to, that plants in your head that you're stupid. Or in my case, as I told my testimony, I, I literally had um, the lens that I saw life through was that of rejection. We had a, in my family, the relationship was, it was all about what you could do and the accolades and the, the attaboys and all that, they were only when you did something really good. Because every time you did something bad, you know, or you messed up, you made a mistake, you were stupid, they cuss you out, cuss you out in Italian, um, you know, whatever. And there were so many other things that happened in my life, I shared a lot of that last week, that caused me to have a view of life from a state of rejection. And that's what wrecked my life in 2017 when Holy Spirit showed me that all this time I had been looking at these things in this pathway. I had been looking at all the things that had happened in my life. And I believed all of what they said. But the truth was that this right here, this was not even me. 
not the real me. This is me up here. And it was at that moment when all that shifted in my life. I needed, it's crazy, all throughout my 25 years of, you know, walking with God and living for Him, if you want to call it that, and I'll slip back a little churchy, right? All those years, I did have victories in my life. I did have moments of clarity and understanding. I did. I learned a lot. I moved and, and I grew. I grew and, and he did so many things. But July 5th of 2017, I was faced with a growth moment. And he literally spoke to me in the middle of this moment that Raquel and I had at 1.04 in the morning, sitting on my island, and everything flashed, and I heard him so clear. And the words were that I have not had full assurance of his love for me. And you can see the whole story on the last week's video. And when I heard that, I decided, well, I had, I, you know, really, I didn't even make a decision. I had no choice because I was faced with reality. <laughs> the reality that I faced that night was so real, so clear, there was no denying it. Man, there was no denying it. And that's where everything shifted and changed. And I took a step up. But you see, my upbringing, the, the way I was raised, uh, some of the issues and all that, that's what Ephesians 2 calls the course of this life. And next week is where I'll jump into that. And we're actually going to learn how to fight those things because they still, they still come at all of us, right? They still, they still come at us. So how do we get past that? How do we get beyond that and live in true freedom for this moment? The other thing about freedom, and I'll end with this, we have one million thousand, like my granddaughter says, one million thousand hundred percent freedom. We do. You are absolutely free from all the things that this world and this life has done to you or around you or even about you. You have that freedom. But what holds us back from stepping into that? It's the growth process. And this is where we're going to step. This is where we're going to go. And the freedom that's going to happen in this house alone is going to change the city of Conroe. It's going to influx and infect the city of Conroe because the freedom that you will step into in the next few weeks, including today, it's going to infect those around you, where you work, where you go to school, who you sit with, who you hold hands with, uh, on and on and on. <laughs> yes, I'm picking it, y'all. Our heart and our desire is to see every one of us. I am not there. Raquel definitely ain't there. And... We want to step into. <laughs> she did a drum roll for me to walk up here. I have a right. I have a right to fight back. Every, every one of us, every single one of us has unlimited potential. Not to do good, but to be great. 
Anybody can do good. Anybody can go to Jersey Mike's over here and buy the guy behind you a sandwich or pay for the people in front of you. That's doing a good thing, right? You can mow your neighbor's yard. That's a good thing. You can smile and keep looking straight instead of waving at that other driver with one finger. You can, you can, you can be good, right? But we're not meant to be good. We're meant to do great things. That is literally, and, and, and the thing is, it's what are you going to put your hands to? You know, I want to pick on Ryan real quick. Yeah, I am, man. You can't do nothing about it right now. No. <laughs> you know, that guy right there, has, has, he's, he's, he's uh, got this, um, this whole idea about business, and he's got his company started, and, and him and Adrian have put so much into that over, the, over several years, trying to get that company going um, with, you know, doing... Um, Dirt work and driveway, all kind of stuff. Talk to him. It's a free advertisement. But, but you know, I, I, and I, I know, I've known Ryan for over a year now, and um, he's an amazing guy, right? I mean, you've been around him. He's amazing. Great heart behind it, everything. But, you know, um, we finally got him out to the house to come look because the people that were going to do the final grade at our house, they bailed on, on our builder. And it's been in disarray since. And he came out and looked. And, man, Ryan, you have no choice but to succeed at that when the doors open. You have no choice. You guys will succeed because of the honor and the overachieving that you do in business. And it's all from his heart. Man, me and Raquel have been talking about this, I think, every single day almost. We talk about just how he's approached the job and what he's looking at and how he's doing things and just like, man, I mean, I am, I'm not blown away like I doubted you. I'm blown away that I knew you were awesome. I just didn't know it was way up there. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, right? You got to acknowledge it, man. It's okay. <laughs> because of that, because of, see, that is how God designed him. God wrote that in him. He's got such a code of honor about the work. And because of that, they have no choice but to succeed. It's just there's something, there's something that you have to step. There's a, there's a road that you haven't stepped on yet. I, there's, there's something that's, I don't know if it's something more you got to learn or something more you got to see and understand. It's definitely not negative, but there's something there. That when that track hits, my, 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 my. We have another awesome businessman in the house. We do now, you know, it just, it's going to take off. Why is it that way? Because that's the way he was created. Why does Sarah know everything? She's not a know-it-all. She's that way. She's got a lot of insight because... She's stepping into that and on and on and on. Would y'all stand with me? All we want to see is every person in here and those around us. We, we, want to, we want to see everyone free. 
And next week, we'll jump into why we're not and what happens um, as you push in. Um, if you've been here for any length of time, you hear us say a lot that the Holy Spirit's responsibility, like his, his function, if you want to call it that, the main function he has is to reveal to you the Father's heart. That's what Jesus said in John 16. And so I want to I, I ask you all for this next week, if you would, would, it would, if you would pour that question out to him, because next week, um, th- that that part of the subject of freedom that we get into, the why this stuff has happened, and why we have some of the things we have, and how to get through it, that subject is tough. It's tough. And so, would you take this week, set a reminder on your phone, anything, just something to ask the Lord to prepare you for that step, that revealing, that next step. Because my hope is that I can communicate it well enough to where every one of us take a full-on giant leap You know, the main reason is because you deserve it. You deserve to be free. You deserve to have that thing that bothers you or that one little thing you do and you just can't shake it. You deserve to be free from that. Some of these things from the past that still are a uh, like a little like a little problem that just whispers and throws things. Man, you deserve to be free from that. And so pray this week, if you would, just partner with us in praying for that, that, that next step, that revelation. But please, today, if, if there's anything that I've said here today that opened and, you know, a thought or a light bulb or there's any of those moments today and you need to talk about it, uh, I'm going to be right up here. Raquel and I will be right here. We want to pray with you if there's something specific, if there's a question. But know this, most important about freedom is that you were never meant to know evil by experience. You were never meant to know evil by experience. And... um not to be, uh, you know, yeah, we're weird, whatever. It's all right. It's good. Um, I asked the Lord for words of knowledge, like something that would be specific for someone. Um, and the only thing I got this week was the number 1322. I don't know if that means something to somebody, um, if it's an, an address or I don't know. But if that's you, if 1322 means something to you, if you would just come and talk to me after service and we'll figure out what that means. Um, together. But um, if you're here with your family, do you, you don't have to at all, but do you mind holding hands as we pray to close? If you don't, you don't have to. It's just something I was, I was feeling that was 
important. Oh, yeah. Y'all real love you, man. Y'all can hug, too. Yeah, I love it. Ah, man. Father, I just thank you so much. I thank you so much for your word that you said (laughs) after you created everything, you said it is very good. And we, as your sons and daughters, we, in your eyes, we are very good. And that's the reality. That's the truth is it's not just in your eyes. We are very good. We still have issues to work through and to learn. And that's what we're, that's what we're jumping into and trying to understand better so that we can step closer to the identity that you created us to be. Father, I thank you for each and every person uh, right now in this house, every person that's watching online, uh, whether that's YouTube or the Zoom, or even if they're on the podcast this morning. uh, Lord, we just thank you for each and every person. We pray for their understanding, for their, I pray for that belief system that we have in us to be unlocked to go to the next understanding, the next growth moment, the next revelation, if you will, of what you want us to understand. I pray for the unity that's in this place, uh, and that's symbolized right now. So many people are hugging and holding hands, Lord. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. I pray that we would understand that we are the body, we are family, we are joined together, and we're joined together for the purpose of walking and doing exactly what you created us to do. And this is an amazing group of people. Lord, I, I, I thank you for the unity that's in this house, and I pray that it would spread and we would rely on each other as we learn together about you and our freedom. I pray also I come against every single plan that our enemy has for us. I come against every assignment that he has for us uh, as he continues to try what the, what the Scripture talks about as fiery darts. Um, his, 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 sorry, his system works off of thought. And so I pray that as we hear bad or negative thoughts, that we don't hold on to them, that we actually uh, reverse that and flip it and flip it good. Flip it and know that your thoughts towards us are only good. And I thank you so much, Father, for your goodness. And pray over your people in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You know, one thing real quick that what... Uh, you remember, how many of y'all remember the parable when Jesus was talking and he talked about the lady that lost her coin, right? She had 10, she lost one, she swept the house, cleaned the house, she found it and rejoiced with me, went to her neighbors, went to her family and oh man, look, I found my coin, right? And he says, so it is when the, at the, in the kingdom of heaven when one sinner turns to God. So what happens is when you come to that place, you and I step to that place, All of heaven rejoices, not because you crossed the line, but because you understood. And it is a beautiful thing that you and I walk into. Also, all of heaven knows it. All of your mindset knows it. All of your belief system knows it. And so let's step into that in a new way. Let's let's push in this week 
And let's become who we're meant to be. Amen? God bless you, everybody. We love you so much. Be safe.